You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, let's get into some cells, okay? Um, my my first cell, you know, this is not a uh, somebody that you're going to get a whole lot for. Probably somebody that you have to package up, and that's Brian Robinson. Okay, I'm getting that while I can. Okay, we talked about it already. Chris, Chris Rodriguez is approaching. All right, last two weeks. 46% rushing attempts for Robinson. Chris Rodriguez got 29%. But the real story was last week. 39% rushing attempts for Rodriguez. 44% for Brian Robinson. Only had one less attempt than Robinson this past week. It was, it was a close game. You know, this is not like, you know, this is not a, this was not a closeout situation where they brought in the backup running back and he started taking away the carries. No, not what happened here. Okay. Also, Brian Robinson, he had two touchdowns. One each of the last two weeks. Okay. So you have an out here. Okay, he's scoring touchdowns. Get out while you can. Okay, the, the the box score, like the game log, it's showing over 10 points. Okay, in PPR, last two weeks. Okay, so take advantage of that because it might be like four next week. Okay, that, that's that's really what I'm afraid of here. And then at that point, it's going to become a story that Chris Rodriguez is really you know eaten into this share. If you're holding Antonio Gibson, don't. Because right. if Brian Robinson gets hurt, Antonio Gibson will not take over the entire workload. He's not that every down handcuff that he was three weeks ago. Okay. There's no point of holding Gibson at this point because Rodriguez is here. He actually performed better than Brian Robinson this past week. Okay. It is possible yeah. that Robinson ends up being the RB two on this team. If at some That's point, cool. who knows Ron Rivera might get fired. Who knows? So who knows what's going to happen? Like I can see this whole thing shaking up, right? If, if yep. Ron Rivera gets fired. Okay. Cause he does weird things. Okay. Terry McLaurin, <laughs> Not getting targeted as much as he should. Jahan Dotson, you know, you're featuring Curtis Samuel, even though I like Curtis Samuel, but he's not better than Jahan Dotson. He's not better than, than Terry McLaurin. Antonio Gibson, where is he? I don't know what's yeah. happening here. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't Ron Rivera to coach in Carolina with Curtis Samuel? Am I am yeah. I tripping here? I, th- I think there no, was. No, yeah. no, no, no. He 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 brought yeah. him over. Yep. Yeah, there's a reason that he's being featured, I think. And that would be a huge change. Like, There's definitely that possibility where Ron Rivera gets fired and things get shaken up. Is Ron Rivera the reason that Brian Robinson came on in the first place? Like, We've been calling him just a guy this whole time, you know, and they've just been feeding him these touches. Suddenly it's changing. Chris Rodriguez, is he going to do what Brian Robinson did to Antonio Gibson to Brian Robinson? <laughs> like, oh, there's a chance. He's about to get, like, he's I, about to get Robinson. Yeah, how, is, how does that even work? Um, but yeah, <laughs> you mentioned it. The way that his game log is shaken up, he still hasn't had that like bad game. Like obviously, seven points, eight points shows up a couple times his game log. That's not bad. You can get by and win with that type of production. That bad game could be coming if Chris Rodriguez keeps you know working into this. And like you mentioned about Antonio Gibson, I'm not even thinking about him. He's not even a thought because the offense is not only is the offense bad, but he's just not getting utilized. I don't care who gets injured. It's just not going to be a good situation. So Brian Robinson, he was one of the guys I was considering selling, but I just looked at his game log and I was like, would I consider buying Brian Robinson if someone offered him a trade? It's like, no. I, pr- I probably wouldn't. So if there are people oh, out wow, there that okay. still would, like, yeah, if there are people out there that still would, like you mentioned, it's like, is he maybe an RB2 still? If he's an RB2 in someone else's eyes, just like, take him. Like exactly. <laughs> at that point, exactly. just find a way to get some good compensation back for him. I have no if somebody is tripping and they need a running back badly, like he he's he's one of those guys that I'm like, hey, listen, I'll give you Brian Robinson and this wide receiver and just give me this other wide receiver back. Right. That's kind of how yeah. I would play it. Um, just upgrade at wide receiver. Don't worry about it. if you're losing Brian Robinson, you don't need a running back back. You know what I'm saying? Like 
That's right. not how yeah. I would play. It. I would play it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Anyway. Yep. I hear it. That makes sense. Yeah. So I, I have another sell, and we mentioned him earlier in the show, James Cook. Now, if you have James Cook, you're probably upset. Now, he had a good week last week, but just overall in general, you're probably feeling a little bit watered down. The test results are in for us. James Cook is not the Bills RB one. Damian Harris, he was placed on <laughs> IR last week. There was hope that Cook could get at least a slight bump in his usage, but that really didn't happen in their first game since Harris. Now, not only did Cook's rushing share remain on par with what we've seen so far this season, 55% rush share in week seven, 56% rush share overall in the season, but he also registered his second lowest route participation in the season at 43%. What is Latavius Murray doing running 40% of routes over the past two weeks? I don't know, I don't know but it shouldn't happen. When you have a premium pass catcher running back and James Cook in the backfield, that's what he did at Georgia in college. They just haven't used him like that yet. Last year, it was Devin Singletary. Now it's Latavius Murray. It just doesn't make any sense. But that's a conversation for another day. The other problem we're running into with Cook is that he's gotten zero goal line carries over the past three weeks compared to three for Murray in that time span. And his target share, like you mentioned, sitting at just 9% on the season. Since Harris has been out of the lineup weeks six and seven, Cook's 8.7 expected fantasy points per game indicates that the true 13.2 fantasy points per game over the past two weeks that he scored, it qualifies as considerable overproduction on the volume that he's received in that time frame. Murray isn't someone to ignore in the backfield at this point. It looks like the Bills just aren't interested in featuring Cook in the backfield in 2023 like we hoped. Instead of being that low RB1 dual threat fantasy running back that we all hoped he would be this season, He's been like an early down RB2 with limited receiving upside through seven weeks. And who does that remind you of? I'm not going to compare him this close because James Cook has been a little bit better than this guy. But we just talked about him, Brian Robinson. He has some solid rushing attempts some games, has a couple targets in a couple other games, but the workload just hasn't been consistent enough to get him where we want him to be. So I'm selling James Cook right now. Um, he had that big game that we uh, I just mentioned. He had that receiving touchdown. He scored two touchdowns this season overall. I'm not bought in anymore on the upside that he has, and I'm moving off of him after this good week that he just had. Exactly. He scored that receiving touchdown, but it was one catch, right? Yep. <laughs> right. I mean, like, it it's was just one long catch, and it's just not something – yeah, it's not sustainable. You know, it's like, why is he getting 8 to 9% target share for the season? Like, that's just Stupid. crazy to me. You know, yeah. he, he's a weapon out of the backfield, and they're just not using him. Will it improve? I think we'll see like here are spike weeks here and there. Like well, he will where he gets like a considerable number of targets, gets a high target share, like maybe like a 20, you know, 17, 18% target share. I can see that. But like consistently, the fact that they're playing Latavius Murray over him is absolutely bonkers to me. Okay. Yeah. Um, you're playing one of the youngest running backs and one of the oldest in this backfield. So it just it's interesting. It's 43% rapid dissipation is not gonna get it done. Okay. Nope. But um I got another sell for you. Another running back. A lot of running back sells this week. In the world where we have yeah. no running backs anywhere. Dale Henderson. <laughs> I'm searching for the guy who has a running back issue. Okay. They are willing. They're going to be willing to buy Dale Henderson because like the optimistic lens on Henderson is going to show that, you know, he has three more weeks of starting. Okay. And that, and that very well can be the case, by the way. Okay. It's also possible though, that it's a split between him and Royce Freeman. It continues to be that, um, you know, this was a little bit of a rotation. Last week, like like he, they would rotate on drives, that sort of thing. But Henderson did make sense. So he, he does get the upper hand. Also, he just came off the couch. So it's like if he's already getting that work off the couch, he's probably going to be the guy. Okay. However, you know, you have Miles Gaskin coming in. Maybe is he going to rotate? I, I would I would like not be super worried about Miles Gaskin personally. It, it, are we going to leave that possibility open? Yeah, we are. This is also a tough matchup this week against Dallas. So 
you know, if you're in dire need of a running back, if you yourself are in dire need of a running back, you have Henderson, and then you spent up this week because you really needed that running back on a Henderson, I totally get it, and I would have done the same, okay? Uh, because you have to do what you have to do to fill that running back spot. Uh, but if right. you picked up Henderson before Sunday for free, right, because you listened to me, or you got him for cheap, and you don't necessarily need that running back right now, and you will you think you'll be able to sell to someone who can give you like a long-term wide receiver three maybe, like Deontay Johnson or maybe like Terry McLaurin or Godwin or Lockett or maybe even DeAndre Hopkins, you know, even though that, that situation isn't great or, or Tank Dell even, you know, somebody who's yeah. coming back this week who you could acquire on the cheap also, a little bit, a little, little bonus buy low. Uh, I'd be exploring that, okay? Uh, and the reason why, you know, he has value right now because, you know, because of the fact that, you know, there are three more games that he can be started as a solid RB2. And Kyron Williams was an RB1. Maybe he could be an RB1 too, like, which is what a lot of people are going to be thinking potentially. Uh, and again, I'm not saying he can't, um, but it's not set in stone. Um, so you can get value like he is right now, especially since he was one of the top waiver wire pickups this week. Yeah, I, I hear this one completely. I'm just looking at I think this is a really good sell call here because you mentioned two two things. And one of them that you mentioned is the fact that you got him for free, probably, if you picked him up on the waiver wire. This is a chance to flip that temporary value that you get from the waiver wire and make it long-term substantial value. You don't have to sit and say, all right, I'm going to take these three weeks and, and roll with it. Flip that into some con some player that can contribute the rest of the season. I don't see any problem with that. Those guys that you mentioned, Deontay Johnson, Tank Dell, I like both of them. Lockett even. People are probably upset with Lockett right now, too, because the Seahawks offense hasn't been that good. Jackson Smith and the Jigba and Jake Bobo outscored him in a game where DK Metcalf was out. I think Tyler Lockett's a low-key buy here, too, just on the low. On the, on the low. Yeah. But yeah, yes. with, with, Dar with Daryl Henderson, he's, he did have 18 carries of his own, but Royce Freeman also mixed in a little bit. So there's definitely that chance of having that committee pop up. I don't want to take a chance on that. He had a good game, you know, 13.6 fancy points, and he had a touchdown. Like, that looks good for me. You mentioned it's a bad matchup coming up uh, this week. I'm going to sell Daryl Henderson if I have him. I don't have him in any of my leagues, but if I did, I would be. So I, I agree with you on this one. And I have another running back that's a sell who's in pretty much the exact same situation. Now, obviously, Jerome Ford isn't supposed to be out for that long, but I'm selling Kareem Hunt right now. All you need to do is look at the way that Hunt is produced in the past two games to get an idea of why he's a screaming sell this week, and you shouldn't have any trouble doing that given the situation around him. Over the past two weeks, Hunt has scored three touchdowns, averaged 15.6 points per game. Show someone those game logs, and he looks like an RB2 with newfound RB1 upside because Ford is out. But dive into that utilization a little bit, and you realize quickly not all that glitters is gold. Not only is he averaging just 3.4 yards per carry in that same time span, but he's also splitting snaps regardless of who's in the backfield with him. When Ford was in the lineup this past week, he was clearly back. He handled 30 of 44 snaps before going down with his injury. Once he was out, Pierre Strong actually out-snapped Kareem Hunt, 23 to 19. And it's not difficult to figure out why Strong was getting more looks. Out of 23 running backs since week six with 20 or more carries, Hunt is forcing missed tackles at the third lowest rate out of 23 running backs and the fourth fewest yards after contact per attempt. Not good. Kareem Hunt is not the Kareem Hunt of old right now. He's just the guy that you're, you have in your lineup because there are injuries around him. Take advantage of the people who are convinced that Hunt is suddenly in line to be a clear-cut RB1 in Cleveland with Jerome Ford going down. Move off of him while he's got those two back-to-back -back top 15 finishes on the game log. Pierre Strong is there. He's going to be getting his touches. Remember, Hunt's only getting snaps because of injuries, not 
to not just one, but two running backs ahead of him. I mentioned Jerome Ford and Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt wasn't even a thought. He wasn't even on a team before the season before the season started. Pierre Strong still figures to get some more work. I think that Kareem Hunt is it's very much like the Daryl Henderson situation. You probably picked him up off the waiver wire a week or two ago. Flip him into some real value because he's about to crash hard. Jerome Ford comes back. There's a chance that they might just go, all right, let's put Pierre Strong in because he's been looking better these past few weeks. I, I hear that. I have a couple of pushback, a couple of things to push back on. The first thing would be that Hunt. So last week, when you look at you know what happened after the injury, um, you know Hunt didn't get most of the work. He got the goal line work, but not most of the work. And part of the reason why that could have been the case is because Hunt was banged up coming into the into the week. Right? He was pretty much almost a game time decision, uh, you know, coming into the week. So he did get a little bit of work, and I'm sure they didn't want to use Pierre Strong you know, as like this guy who is going to carry the entire workload, right? My assumption going into this coming week is that Kareem Hunt will likely be the primary ball carrier. Will it be a 1A, 1B type of situation? Potentially. Pierre Strong, maybe, you know, not as involved. Maybe he will be really involved. I don't know, right? Kareem Hunt kind of starting slow because he just came back on the team. Now he's banged up. I don't know. Right now, the other thing is Jerome Ford. There's they're calling it a mild high ankle sprain, and I don't know what that means because usually high ankle sprains that's, are it's fair. I hear three to four week injuries, potentially five. And when I'm looking at this schedule here, Seattle, Arizona, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, pretty good, pretty good. And then what if he's out another week? Denver. Oh, okay, pretty good. <laughs> right. So I, I'm I'm looking at that. I'm just like, wow. Like, can Kareem Hunt? potentially have some like big weeks here you know yes now i think the the right move overall is to sell because if you could get a more firm piece that you can depend on now and in the future when ford ends up coming back i think that is the move um i i'm not of the camp that hunt was going to be um the lead guy at all at some point however when you look at when the week before Ford and Hunt, you know, kind of split work, right? As like a 1A, 1B type of situation, right? So right. I'm looking at the situation now where like Hunt is probably the lead guy moving forward. Um, and I don't know how long Ford's going to be out for. That's that's the question. If Ford's going to be out for longer than one to two weeks, then Hunt might be undersold potentially. So if you're going to sell him, I, I don't think he falls into the same camp as Dale Henderson. Like, l l let me just ask you. Who would you rather have on your roster right now, Kareem Hunt or Dal Henderson? I, I think it would be, I think it would be Kareem Hunt because we know. I don't even know. And maybe it's Daryl Henderson. No, nah, you're right. It's Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt has a better chance of con contributing long term. I, I think. That's I think so. What we, what we have. I think so. I think when Kyron Williams back, comes, you're right. Yeah, we know when yeah, Kyron Williams comes. We, a, we know when Kyron Williams is coming back, and B, yeah. Kyron Williams is going to be the guy. Because right. a couple weeks ago, Daryl Henderson wasn't a thought for the Rams. He's just here. He yeah. played well. Cool. Yeah. So I, I think this. I think that's a fair point to make. But he, obviously, you compare Kareem Hunt to Daryl Henderson. It's like Daryl Henderson isn't that much of an asset in terms of what he's going to bring into the season. But Kareem Hunt, I, I hear you. I hear your pushback there. I'm just. I'm using what we've seen so far. They're saying it's a one to two week injury. I hope that's the case. If it ends up being a longer term injury, like. And you're probably right to call me out on just assuming it could be a one to one to two week injury because the way we've seen these injuries work out so far this season it seems like everybody's going on IR just randomly after they initially 
diagnose a, a low um, timeout. Uh -huh, but, uh -huh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they, they, they always say, oh, it's going to be one or two week thing. That happened to Kyron Williams. It's like, oh, well, he'll be out for one week. And then suddenly he's on IR the next day. I don't want to say that's going to happen with Jerome Ford, but it's definitely a possibility. In that case, then maybe I would switch up my tune. But if Jerome Ford's coming back in that time frame that they outlined, which is a little bit more reasonable compared to what we heard with Kyron Williams. You mentioned it's like weird that they would say just one week and that's it. Um, if he comes back, I think I'm going to stand fast on this Kareem Hunt take here. He's going to be a pretty good sell. Now, one thing that one thing that Mary Kay Cabot, who who is the Browns beat reporter, just tweeted 39 minutes ago, um, which okay. neither of us has have seen. She said that Jerome Ford, and then in parentheses, high ankle sprain, left the locker room in a right walking boot. Uh, Ford expected to miss at least a couple of weeks. She just tweeted that right now. She's a Browns beat Perfect. reporter. So at least a couple of weeks tells me that it's definitely not one. Yeah. Right. And if he does have a true high ankle sprain here, most likely um, he's going to be out a couple of weeks. So, you know, what? here's what I'll say. I think Kareem Hunt can be sold. But if, if you do sell him, don't undersell him. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because he could fair. be losing out at a solid running back with a good good offensive line and good schedule over the next few weeks um, with no I, buy I coming up. I think that changed my tune a little bit because. Yeah. That was kind of what I was banking on. I knew that the time, the amount of time that he would be able to contribute was going to be relatively low. But now you mentioned at, at least a few weeks sounds like not even two. It's, it's probably going to be three. It's probably going to be a mini buy. If not, I don't think he's going to go on IR, but it might be one of those mini right. IR, you know, trips where it's like three weeks. So, yeah, not good. Now, you can, if you can get good value for Kareem Hunt, maybe people will be. You know, overvaluing him a little bit because like, yeah, because oh. the, there are so many injuries. Like people are gonna there. Are, there are teams like look in your league to see like who desperately needs running backs, and then yeah. Kareem Hunt should be an option as a trade piece to get what you want long term. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, I, that might actually help his value if you have him right now, because Kareem. Yeah. Send them, send them that tweet that I just mentioned. Also, yeah. like along with the Kareem Hunt trade offer, like put the tweet in there also, like in uh, in, in the <laughs> chat. In the chat, right? right? Just, just nudge him um, with that one. Yep. <laughs> By the way, uh, he's going to be out for several weeks, maybe more. Um, I, I just wanted to quickly just touch on um, Jameer Gibbs real quick. Um, you know, because I've got a lot of questions about Jameer Gibbs, like what to do. And we talked about this a little bit, right? Um, I, I think if you need wins, like you're struggling, like don't sell, right? Um, right. There is a good chance that Gibbs has another big week. Right, he had 11 carries, 10 targets in week seven, which is like RB one opportunity, and and an RB one that will probably help you win this week if you desperately need that win. Right, if you don't desperately need that win this week, consider selling. Okay, he likely has you know one more week as the guy, then he has the buy, and then David Montgomery comes back. Right, and then I mentioned um, that there is a possibility, like we talked about this other day on this on this podcast with Zach, that. It is possible that these Gibbs performances in these two games can help his case, right, in getting more opportunity later on after the bye. But I think the Lions kind of know what they, what type of team they want to be. Uh, Dan Gant Campbell has come out and said that Montgomery is always going to get to carry the load. There is a chance that Gibbs can return RB, RB2 value while Montgomery is healthy if he gets those targets out of the backfield. But there's also a chance he's like a low-end RB2 at best, right? So... I, I would sell based on my situation, if that makes sense. It kind of echoes what we talked about a couple of days ago, but I just want to reiterate that yeah. uh, in this episode in case people are looking for that. Yeah, Jameer Kids could definitely be a sell. And like you said, it comes down in the situation. Now, if, if 
I'm in a good spot generally. I, I'm at a spot. I'll tell you what. I, I have Jameer Gibbs in my one yeah. league, and I'm it's our league. Mm-hmm. I think I think I'm four and three. Mm-hmm. So if I'm four and three, I'm right in the thick of it. You know, I'm competing. I'm just I'm just going to hold on to him for now to see what he right. can do. I can I can stand to do that. But if you're losing, like I would definitely think about moving him and and seeing what you can yeah. get for him because Dave Montgomery is going to come back. I am sitting here accepting the fact that Dave Montgomery is going to come and crush my dreams at some point. Which <laughs> so that's kind of the situation I'm at, but I'm definitely going to ride this out. It's like the Zach Moss situation where you just milk as much value as you can out of it because there's a chance yeah. even once Dave Montgomery comes back, it might take him a week or two to get back up to the full workload. And may- maybe, like you mentioned too, maybe Jameer Gibbs shows enough that they actually think and consider for a second that they might want to use their first round running back in a way <laughs> that they haven't so far this season. Just, just maybe, just throwing that out there. You know, one silver lining from when um, Dan Campbell was talking about Montgomery as being their bell cow, basically, in that press conference, he also said that, listen, Gibbs is going to get his touches too. It just might not be carries. Sure. That's no. fine. We'll All take right. it. So put but him in the, the targets got to yeah. come. The targets have to come. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, so I just want to let you guys know that on our website, we have buy sell articles, we have trade charts. That would assign values to every player, every fantasy relevant player to help you navigate trades. Um, we have rest of season rankings to kind of help you navigate that as well if you're looking long term. And I just want to, you know, give a shout out to Zach. Zach, how many newsletters are we at? Do what what milestone did we just hit for our newsletters? Today we just sent out our hundredth newsletter. A hundred days, a hundred newsletters is awesome. Oh. It, it, yeah, there's there's a lot of fun stuff in there. I don't know if people catch all the sarcasm I throw in there. I, I, I throw memes in there sometimes. <laughs> there, there, there's stuff that'll lighten up your day a little bit, make it a little bit relatable because I'm telling you, as as I'm sitting here, like things are happening in my team. I have four teams. Fries has a bunch more. Like we're sitting here. We have pretty much every player on one of our teams at, at somewhere. So like I can yeah. relate to everyone's pain. You can jump in there, read that, relate to the pain with me as we get through it. It's all it, There's some funny stuff in there. And, and there's also 100%. useful stuff in there too. Don't get me wrong, but it, it, it's worth a read every morning. I have fun putting it together, and I think we've gotten some pretty good feedback on it too. Yeah, for sure, man. So you know, upperhandfantasy.com for all of that, and for the newsletter, just scroll all the way down, uh, put your email in there, and you'll get the first, the next free newsletter that comes every morning to to your inbox. All right, uh, that's gonna do it for this episode, guys. We appreciate you, uh, Zach. Uh, everyone appreciates you, man, uh, for that newsletter and for all that you do as well. And uh, we. We, um, you know, if you guys could hit subscribe on the podcast, you know, that would mean the world to us too, because it just helps us, you know, for more people to find out about the podcast. Don't worry. Your league mates won't find out. Don't worry. Okay. But everybody else will. Uh, it also helps us. The more people know about this podcast, the more we can put into it and the more, you know, the better we could potentially uh, make it for you guys moving forward. So we appreciate you guys. And we'll be back tomorrow with our quarterback and running back episode. We'll see you then. Take it easy. Bye-bye. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 